Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. It is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there and the other ones as well. (laughs) Definitely happy Mother's Day to you. I tell you, man, it's great. Today is beautiful, isn't it? It's really beautiful. It is a beautiful day. This week has been like crazy. We had a lot of rain and now today... The sun comes out, not a cloud in the sky, and it's just beautiful. It's a perfect Mother's Day. So we can definitely love our mothers and and you know and and be thankful if your mother's still here. Be thankful if your mother's not here. Definitely, you know, pat those people on the back who, you know, don't have their mothers with them today. Because a lot of people don't. Now, I also I want to talk about this hour a couple different things. Uh, one, I want to bring my mother into the conversation. I'm going to introduce you guys to my mother. I don't think anyone's ever talked to her before, so I'm going to I'm going to bring her in, let you talk to her. Uh, and then also I want to tell you, I want to talk about that STEM school shooting in Colorado because there's a lot surrounding that shooting. And and Matt, you were saying something about this today, you know, the mainstream media is not talking about this. Why? Nope, as a matter of fact, Andrew Pollock who lost his own sister, uh bless her heart, in the Parkland shooting has stated no AR-15 was used, so none of those scary black wrong, long rifles were ever used in that shooting. Both individuals were underage and in the legal possession of handguns, which they weren't supposed to have in the first place. And neither of them were the right-wing bigots that a lot of the mainstream media loves to push around mm. and bring to the forefront. They were both anti-Trumpers, anti-Christian, and mostly supporting of the left. So now the mainstream media is not talking about it. They moved on to something else. Not a single word. As a matter of fact, if you heard in this last news segment, the only thing that was spoken about was the vigil for the individual who lost his life defending the rest of his classmates. It's kind of like that, uh, was, it, was it YouTube? Mm-hmm. Where the, the same type thing, it mm-hmm. didn't fit the profile so they yep. didn't talk about it. And during their vigil for that individual, the gun control component jumped on top of their little ceremony and unfairly tried to take it over to push gun control. And thankfully, all the students saw it for what it was and stormed out. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, well, let's bring into the conversation my mother. That's right, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Cargill. <laughs> Welcome to Come Good and Talk. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Good Hello. evening, ma'am. Well, happy Mother's Day to you, Mom. Thank you, darling. 
All right, and just so everyone knows, I was the first. I'm the oldest, and I was the first one to call today. You know why? Because I'm the first, and I'm the I'm the favorite. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So all my siblings out there, just so you know, I'm the Your first. Sister, Mikey, your sister did text first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Whatever. But who got through? <laughs> that's all that matters. Who answered? You you did get through. When I when I called, you answered the call. That's all. That needs, that's all anyone needs to know. When I when I called, you answered the call. You know why? Because I'm the oldest. I'm the favorite, and I was first. And you knew to call the house phone and not the cell phone. <laughs> That's right, because I'm the smartest. <laughs> All right, so, um, well, happy Mother's Day to you. you, you do Thank any, you, dear. You do anything fun today? Dad and I have been doing fun stuff all day. That's right, I forget. You guys stay at home and kick, kick each other underneath the pillows and stuff like that, right? <laughs> we have fun all day. It's a cloudy, rainy day, and we are enjoying it. Mmm. Okay, all right. I I do want to ask you this, you know, because a lot of people have been asking me, you know, how are you guys doing post the shooting and stuff like that, since it's coming up on the anniversary of that, because that happened in what, July? Was it July? Yes, it actually, remember, my kid happened five days after my birthday. Yeah, that's right, July 29th. Okay, mm-hmm. so... So, you know, and, and people have been asking me, you know, well, how are your parents doing? You know, how are they holding up, you know, after the shooting? And are they back to normal and stuff like that? So I kind of want you to... You I'm going to be honest with everybody. It takes a long time to get back to normal. We are doing fine. However, we still... My husband doesn't go to sleep. He actually didn't go to sleep until 6 o'clock this morning. He still sits up at night vigilantly because I sleep. And now because he's not going to sleep, sometimes it interrupts my sleep and I wake up. But mentally, we're fine. It's just that Atlanta, when it gets warm... The atmosphere changes, and you have the younger kids that go out at midnight. They go out between midnight and 4.30 a.m. in the morning and start trying to break in homes. Mm. And that's, that's a parenting issue, because I remember, it is. I remember it is growing up. It is very much so a parenting issue, and they need to put this announcement back on all networks at midnight. Parents, do you know where your children are? Mm. Yeah, because I know when I when I was younger, growing up, you know, we had to be inside the house before it was dark. I mean, it was the rule was if you can't see your shadow, you need to be at home. No, the rule was you better be in the house before the street lights go off. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the rule. <laughs> and as you guys got older, even, Mike, even when you got older, you had a certain time that you had to be home and be in the house. That's right. Didn't matter, but it is it is very much so. A parenting issue and it's the different generations that are having children mm. and these, these kids are not educated now at all now you know kind of tell people you know like after you, go ahead go ahead i'm sorry and you know that after after that we already had cameras around the house mm-hmm. but after that we even upgraded and put more cameras because we went to the rings. In addition to the rings, we have the other cameras that we watch. But we have, this house is completely surrounded by cameras. Because even though you can see these kids 
walking up to your door. They see the cameras. But somehow they know how long it takes to do certain things. Mm. And see, you even with us, you cannot kick in our doors because we have metal bars that block the door. So you can't kick it in. And you would think you live in a rough neighborhood. You know, your neighborhood is actually a pretty nice, you know. It is a beautiful neighborhood. <laughs> it's a These nice kids neighborhood. come from everywhere else. These kids come from downtown in the suburbs. Mm. They, they come a long way to come out in the suburbs and do this. But let me tell you something, Michael. After our incident, there has not been anything going on in this subdivision at all. Oh, no. I, I think people actually slow down when they pass by the house. <laughs> Nothing goes on in here. It may go on around us and outside, but not in here because we look out for each other. Right. We really do. My neighbors across the street are on vacation. And we're watching their house to make sure that everything's okay. And that's what it takes. It takes a neighborhood. It takes the community to, you know, get involved and know what's going on and know your neighbors. I don't think a lot of people nowadays, they don't know the neighbors. They don't know who lives next door or who lives across the street. Oh, that's crazy. Because we all talk to each other. We get together. We go down to the pool. We meet each other at the pool. We have um, a festival every summer where we close off one of the streets of the subdivision. Hold that thought, Mom. We're talking to my mother on Mother's Day. Uh, we're talking about Mother's Day. We're going to talk about the, uh, the STEM shooting in Colorado. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. I hope you called your mother this morning, this afternoon, and wished her a happy Mother's Day. Because without her, you would not be here today, let me tell you, without that mother's love. So definitely, I'm glad, and I, I, I'm glad for my mother, and glad my mother's still here with me. Um, and I, I hope you have done the same today. Definitely call your mother. Wish her happy Mother's Day. Hope you sent your mother a little something to appreciate, you know, let her know that you appreciate her. Uh, because I'm telling you, without your mother dealing with you, putting up with your crap, mm-hmm. let me tell you. Because I know my mother's put up with a lot dealing yeah. with me. And we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, but, I tell your secrets. I uh, can't tell your secrets. No, you cannot tell them any secrets. <laughs> <laughs> As I was saying before, we have a street party once a year where everybody comes out and makes sure that everyone knows everyone. And then when someone new purchase a home and move into the subdivision, we go give them welcome gifts and we welcome them. So we know each other. But the most important thing about the situation with us is that not only do you have to be a responsible gun owner, but you have to be able to protect yourself if you ever have to use it. And let me tell you something. We are so thankful for Lost Shield. 
And Texas, you guys have Texas Law Shield, but here we have Law Shield. If it had not been for Law Shield, we would have been lost. Because the officers immediately come into your home, assess the situation, separate you so that you can't talk to each other, remove you from the home (laughs) so that they can search it all over, and then they take you down to the jailhouse and start questioning you. Mm. So you definitely need legal protection. And even though we were never charged, and they said that the same day that they were not going to file charges, you still have to wait for the state attorney to see, because they can always come back and charge you. That happened to us in July, and we did not get the gun back until the following April. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's why I tell people, you know, you know, they might want to use that high point, that cheap gun, instead of using the good gun. <laughs> Uh-uh. No, Dad used a good gun. <laughs> <laughs> Dad used a good gun, but you know that's not the only one. So we're still protected even though they had it. We're fine. <laughs> and so that, was, yeah, that and that was an experience, you know, having to go down to the police station. Um, you know, what was that like? Oh my god, it was horrible. <laughs> they take him in one car, they take me in the, another car. Officers talking to me the whole time. I'm, I'm, we're in the car, and I'm not dumb. I'm real, I'm real intuitive, <laughs> so I know not to talk to him about anything about the incident. I'm talking about the neighborhood, how nice it is, everything that we pass, and then I look up and I say, "Where are you taking me? Where are we going?" <laughs> because it's so far from the house. Mm-hmm. And then we get we get down there. They have me wait until somebody comes to interrogate me, and then they're talking to me, and you and they're talking to me in one room, and they're talking to Dad in another, and they're comparing to make sure that your stories are right. Mm. And you, and people don't realize that, you know, and that, and that's the police officer's job. Their job is to yes, make sure, is. you know, you, you, they were very nice. Yeah, you can't Let me be tell upset you something with else: people don't realize they search your entire house. Okay. That happened, I'm, I'm guessing that they got here maybe about 3.30 in the morning. They, um, we didn't get back home from the station until the afternoon about 11. And they explained to us the reason they did that is because it was a crime scene. They had to wait for the coroner to come and remove the body, and they wanted to clean up. They didn't want us to come back home and see all of that. Mm, that was, so they cleaned up nice. everything, put down chemicals and stuff to, to soak up the blood and stuff so that we wouldn't have to look at that. But it doesn't matter that they did that because, let me tell you something, the way that it happened, I'll never forget what I saw because... When I heard the gun go off, I immediately sat up and looked at Willie, and he was standing at the bathroom door, and I said to him, did you shoot yourself? (laughs) He's like, no. Call 911. I'm like, why? (laughs) He's like, and dial 911. I'm like, why? Why should I? And that's when he said someone was coming in the window, and I fired a shot. Still didn't go in the bathroom. Police gets here. 
They go down the street, and I say, why are you passing my house? And they're like, Miss Wofford, go back in the house. We see someone walking down the street dressed in black with no shoes, and we're checking him out. I come back in the house. I go upstairs in the bathroom, and I look on the floor, and there's a cell phone on the floor. Because Willie thought he had a flashlight, but he actually had the flashlight on the iPhone. So he was, so using, that he he was using how that, to get in the window. He was using a cell phone as a, as a flashlight. Uh-huh. So I look at the blinds and I say to him, you shot a hole through my blinds and you know in the morning you need to go buy me some new blinds. Slides <laughs> <laughs> were down. Okay. I walk over to the window, pull up the blind, and look at the roof on the pool house and say, oh, my God, you shot somebody. He's laying on the roof. Mm. Was Go he... tell the police they have to come now. Was he moving or anything? Nope, he was dead. Mm. He shot him once, one time in the head. He died instantly. Mm. So you immediately looking at him, you knew he was gone. Yes. You mm. knew he was dead. He wasn't moving. The interesting thing is, the way they try to disguise themselves, it, he didn't have on a shirt, and he had a bandana tied around his face mm. so that you can't see the face. But once I looked at him, I, I immediately knew who it was mm. anyway, because it's one of the neighborhood kids. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. And he really so wasn't a kid. Was. He really wasn't a kid. He was like 20, what, 26? He was 26. 26 yeah, years old. He's a kid to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's 26. But I remember your little brother going to his house playing basketball with him. Mm, that's a shame. And mm. that's why he was so upset. He's like, I don't believe they tried to break in on you and dad. I said, well, they thought me and dad were old. They forgot. Mm. Out of any house in that neighborhood, they should have known that house would be that the last house. That house is not the one. Right, the last because house. Because when they were young, they used to say... Mr. Waffer comes to the house, to the door with his gun on his hip. <laughs> so I don't. I think he was high. I do know that the next morning he was supposed to check into a rehab center, and he didn't show up. And they called the police to do a welfare check, mm. and they had to tell them that he was dead. Mm. So he was on some kind of drugs. But our neighborhood doesn't have anything like that going on right now. They don't even come in here to steal the to go in the cars. Mm, that's good. Yeah, because see, everybody, we all keep our lights on. It's well lit up. Everybody keeps their lights on. Your it, outside lights at night. And you can tell that because you use the the ring technology tells you exactly what's happening in other neighborhoods around you guys. So everything's exactly. happening around you, not on your street, not in your neighborhood anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on. It's all happening around us, but not in here. Mm. And I love the the other the uh, other technology, the one that we have over the garage, mm -hmm. because it alerts you anytime someone pulls into the driveway. Same as the one on the door, and the one on the side does the same thing. It covers that back gate. That back gate. That's good. Because they came into the back gate and jumped the jump the fence to get in mm. so anytime you step on this property it alerts us and we know so we're fine nice all right awesome and you know and so did you go out to breakfast this morning yes we did and and dad had a whole bunch bunch of boxes delivered here nice <laughs> <laughs> 
with a bunch of little things that I'm enjoying. Nice, good. We don't want to hear about we, that. That that upset. We my had stomach. a great day. <laughs> we don't, I don't want to hear about your little boxes of toys and stuff like that. I don't need to know <laughs> what older people do. <laughs> because you know, I'm leaving next weekend. Oh, okay. Where are you going? I'm going home. Oh, okay. I didn't know about this. I, I'm going to have to check that itinerary, and I need to check where you're going. I need, need, to, who, need to know who you're seeing. Uh, we'll go over that a little later. <laughs> I'm not telling you anything, Iris and Iris. We're escaping, and we're going to have a ball. Right, right. You're on trip. Sure, sure you are. I'll, I'll have the addresses a little later. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, okay? All righty. Thank you. You too, and happy welcome, Mother's Day sweetie. to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that was my mother, and we were talking about the, you know, the shooting that they were involved in a little over two years ago. Um, and so she was giving us all the details and all that stuff, and they're back to normal. When we come back from the break, going to talk about the, uh, the Colorado shooting and give you some more details about that because there's a lot coming out of that shooting. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. Happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there. Did everyone call their mother? Yep. Did you call your mother? Oh, yeah. Texted her this morning. You texted her this morning? Yeah, I texted her this morning. Okay, did she, resp- mm. did she reply back to you? Yeah, she said, sorry for not getting your morning uh, text. I'll call, uh, just call us after work. Oh, okay. I called mine before the show. Uh, she, just before the show? Yeah, and then she called me back during the show, which I couldn't answer. Nice. <laughs> so you waited until uh, all the majority of the day is over. So we should call her right now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, producer, we're going to get uh, Zach's mother's phone number. We're going to call her up. You see how she's doing. Talk to Miss Miss Istry. Dr. Istry. I need I need some counseling anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. <laughs> oh, your mother's a doctor, huh? Oh, she's a therapist. She's gonna, yeah, put me on the chair and lay me down. <laughs> you're gonna try and get in that head. See uh try see what went wrong with you. <laughs> you. Can't get in this head, let me tell you. You can try. You're an uncrackable nut. Huh? That's right. Keep it knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> can't crack this shell. Oh man. All right, so let's talk about Colorado. Man. All right, so there's so much going on with this shooting. First, uh, you had the one guy, Alfred Dupree, and then the what was this other person, Victoria McCurley? What is what is what was that? I mean, is that it's a girl, right? Or is it? Um, is that the uh, the trans person? So, the, so is a trans person? Is that were they in the process is that her of? Name? Yeah, I believe they were. They were in the process of transitioning from a boy to a girl. Yeah, Victoria McCurley. That's it. And so basically, uh, um, oh, you know what? And this is the uh, this is the one in Georgia, actually. I'm sorry. No, the wrong one. Yeah, this is in Georgia. This matter of fact, this this is the one I'm talking about. Something totally different. I apologize. This shooting in Georgia where teens made a kill list for school shooting plot. Uh, so you had an Alfred Dupree and Victoria McCurley, not the trans one. Sorry, I apologize. Two Georgia teens were so hell bent on setting a record for mass murder 
They compiled a kill list singling out their school's black and disabled students, according to prosecutors. Now, Alfred Dupree, 19, and Victoria McCurley, 18, pleaded guilty on Friday to six counts of attempted murder and other charges connected to the plot on Etowah High School in Woodstock, Georgia, according to reports. Now, the prosecutor said that the pair planned to use smoke bombs to corral students and teachers into a confined area where they would use napalm and firearms. How in the world do you make napalm? Uh, it's a pretty easy process. Would Is you it? like to know it? No, I don't. I'm just like... You know, how do people do stuff like that? Like, my goodness. It, all it takes is basically two uh, run-of-the-mill household ingredients. People, you need to know your children. What is going on? Yeah. Your kids have time enough to make napalm in your house, and you don't know what's going on? You Lack need, of family oversight. You need to be a, lot, a little nosy. Yeah, yeah, this is your home. Thank you. Everything going on. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> there's no such thing as too nosy in your own home. I don't get it. I mean, Goodness. my parents, they live in California, and they still know pretty much everything that goes on in the house like here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and you're how old? I'm still, I'm 30. <laughs> See, they still can't leave you alone. <laughs> See, that's no, they still have, they still pretty much own, the own uh, pretty much know exactly what's going on in my life. Oh, wow. Like, but no, then again, I still let him in, uh, let him in on my life. Well, that's a good thing, you know, yeah. keeping them uh, involved in your life. Yeah. Being yeah. close with the family, that's important, and that's. Kind of what you're talking about, Michael, keeping tabs on your kids, especially when they're kids, when they need that oversight and they need to be watched. Yeah, when there's, they haven't had a life experience, they're susceptible to mood swings and emotions like mm. running high and they don't know necessarily how to deal with them in a in a healthy way. Yeah, and the hormones, they just take oh, yeah, over and make us do some stupid things. You're out of your mind boys. when you're that age. Like, Yeah, you go straight down to your bare bones reptilian brain at that point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, so these two here, this is the one in Georgia. So these two, they were trying to get the numbers up higher than Las Vegas. So apparently, uh, Victoria, you know, she admitted telling investigators that, hey, you know, she wanted to get those numbers up because Stephen Paddock in Las Vegas killed 58 people and injured hundreds more. And so they were trying to outdo Stephen Paddock. That so they was... wanted the record. Yeah. They're trying so to... they're after the, the record, which the mainstream media always talks about, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. constantly goes over whenever mm -hmm. these things happen. Yeah, but this one doesn't fit their narrative because you have a male and a female and it just doesn't fit it that well so they're not talking about this one at all well it's also, also they got caught yeah they, it didn't actually happen so the media is not that concerned if they had actually been able to target black children and disabled children they would have had a field day but because the law enforcement was actually able to stop it you know that doesn't help them either that doesn't that doesn't oh help. yeah yeah no. yeah so the pair who, who created a map of the school showing cctv cameras had weapons and explosives in mccurley's home when they were arrested in october 2017 according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Now, Dupree, who, uh, who the court heard was obsessed with Columbine and other mass shootings, was found with a kill list that listed uh, black and special education students and their teacher, according to the reports. Now, it was, a, it was in a journal that also had racial slurs and swastikas, according to the Cherokee Tribune and, and Ledger News. Now, both pleaded guilty to six counts of conspiracy to commit murder, one count of conspiracy to commit arson and one count of unlawful possession of a destructive device, according to the court documents. And the sentencing hearing is due to continue on Monday tomorrow. So, mm. you know, we'll be able to follow this and hear a little more about this. All right. So now, man, 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 man. 
Let's get into Colorado, because yeah, I skipped over that. So Colorado, the STEM school shooting. Now, that one there, ah, man. All right, so there, there's a lot going on with Colorado, because you have the, the sheriff's department, who's supposed to provide a RSO, a resource officer for the school, was not providing a resource mm-hmm. officer for the school because they were having some type of disagreement between the school and the sheriff's department. So they're like, hey, fine, we're not sending an officer there. And the school was like, okay, fine, you need to give us our money back. And my goodness, hello, how about thinking about the students' safety? We just had an incident in Colorado, you know, <laughs> outside of Denver where a, a lady drove from Florida to Colorado, you know, to commit a school shooting. And you guys are bickering back and forth about, you know, administrative issues. Yep. Mike, are you serious? They wanted their money. Oh. It's all about the money. Yeah, so the the Douglas uh, County Sheriff's Office has historically enjoyed a positive, productive working relationship with the staff, teachers, and students, and parents of the STEM school. And this is a statement from the Sheriff's Department. Okay, They say they continually strive to provide the best possible law enforcement services to, to their school community. The Sheriff's Office entered into a three-way public contract for services agreement with two separate charter schools on December 27, 2017 for the 2017-18 and 18 school year. Now, the two schools, STEM School and Skyway Academy, both in Highlands Ranch and located about 15 minutes apart from one another, agreed to share one school resource officer deputy who would split his daily duties between the two schools. Now, essentially, each school wanted to they wanted the services of the SRA SRO half time each day. The SRO was funded half by the sheriff's office and a quarter by STEM school and a quarter by Skyway Academy. Per this you know, little agreement, the single deputy had several duties to include. Provide education and counseling to faculty, staff, and students on law enforcement matters. Coordinate matters of mutual law enforcement concerns between the schools and the sheriff. Investigate law enforcement and public safety issues to include progress calls, service as a first responder as needed. And also the school were also required to provide a secure office for the SRO with a telephone, commuter, a computer, uh, since the duties of the SRO required them to conduct a confidential investigation and protect student privacy. And in April, the SRO became ill and was placed on modified duty. Now, every effort was made to have other SROs, deputies and supervisors cover his duties until the close of the school year in May. Now, in a letter dated May 14, 2018, the STEM school requests Sheriff Spurlock to reimburse part of the funds they put forth toward the SRO for the months he was out sick. And there's a little attachment here. We're going to take a look at that. And the school also voiced concerns about their service expectations not being met. So the sheriff addressed the concerns of the school by reiterating what the contract for service required the SRO to do and what was required to be provided by the school for him to perform his duties. Now, the sheriff felt that STEM school may not have been utilizing the SRO in alliance with the contract because their primary focus for the SRO every day was outside security and traffic control, not the above noted functions of deputy sheriff per the agreement. Now, after several Follow-up discussions with STEM school administration regarding the differences in how they use the SRO versus the authorized duties of the deputy sheriff. The sheriff's office did not feel the STEM school could follow the requirements of the agreement. And as a result, Sheriff Spurlock sent a letter to STEM school dated June 20, 2018, 
electing to not renew their halftime SRO agreement for the 2018-19 school year. Now, in a letter to the sheriff's office dated July of 23rd, 2018, the STEM school asked to further discuss an SRO for the 2018-19 school year and to work out an agreement. Now, as a result, the sheriff's office again met with the STEM school administrators, administrators to work on the details. Now, the sheriff's office presented options as well as requirements to provide for a full-time SRO at the STEM school to include less expensive alternatives to paying half of the funding of an SRO, such as off-duty deputies, conducted duties they were most interested in. Now, traffic direction during the morning and afternoon and then STEM school administrators were to take the issue back to their board of directors, and the sheriff's office did not hear back from the STEM school except to hire off-duty deputies as traffic control. The sheriff's office also offered to provide our school youth education and safety in schools program, and however, this past year, those officers were not able to obtain the time in the STEM school due to no response from the school. So as a result... They had no SRO, no sheriff, no police officer at the STEM school, you know, when this shooting took place because they're bickering back and forth and couldn't decide. And this is even after the big scare when all the schools were shut down in Denver in Colorado because of the incident of the the lady driving from uh, traveling from Florida to Colorado to commit a shooting. Uh, Even after that, they still did not get someone in that school, you know, and and. Someone needs to be held accountable. Someone needs to be sued. This day and age, you know, the way things are going on, how in the world can you even think about contemplating not having a police officer at your school? I just don't get that. Because those guns may scare the children. No, I just at least that's what I've been always been told on Twitter is that because the guns scare the children, which is absolutely ridiculous. No, they just I mean, it's sad, you know, because. Even everything that's going on right now, you would think that would be their number one concern would be securing the school, making sure the kids are safe. You know, that should be their main priority, you know, and then boom, education. Hmm. What do you think? We'll talk about that more. We come back from the break. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins of Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. Happy Mother's Day to you. And I tell you, you know, not only... Not only are we talking about this uh, shooting in Georgia, we're talking about the, uh, the shooting in Colorado as well. And in Colorado, uh, not only were they having problems with the sheriff's department and the school trying to provide an officer, which they did not, they also had a case where a parent actually, a parent actually called the school and said, hey, she was concerned because... She felt the school had a pressure-cooking environment. And so she filed a complaint with the school to say, hey, 
you guys should do something because something is happening in this school where, you know, someone's going to some, something's going to pop off. And she warned them about it. She warned them to the point that the school ended up seeing a letter home uh, with the students to the parents questioning them, you know, investigating about this, you know, any issues, anything going on. And then the school finally said, hey, nothing's going on, nothing's happening. So then they filed a lawsuit against the the parent that filed the complaint. <laughs> this is that school. And then this happens. And so it says, hey, she was right. Yeah, so the parent warned of a, quote, a repeat of Columbine. And this was months before months. the shooting. Yeah, this is like December time frame, like November, mm-hmm. December time frame. So, so that, she got in trouble for that? She got in trouble for that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so she now she has to talk, you know, anonymously to CNN and say, hey, I warned them about this. I told them something like this was going to happen. And they didn't do anything. They, they, they did like a really quick investigation. And then they filed something against her to make her shut up and stop talking about it <laughs> rather than them investigating. And then this happens. Yeah. So not only, you know, not only did they still not provide security, not provide an officer, uh, ask for an SRO and, and resolve that situation even after that. You know, and the SRO, SRO's job would be to help them and investigate this as well. So you didn't even have an SRO at the school to help investigate the complaints uh, of, of this this uh, parent. You know, so, man, it's crazy. And the fact that they want to shut down this woman who brought this this uh, warning forward is, that's kind of scary. It is. Very scary. And how would you fix that? And if you, had, if you were God for a day, you were God for a day. Oh, that'd be simple. What would you do? <laughs> so we all know about everybody who wants to ban guns, everybody who wants to restrict access, everybody who wants to do the assault weapons ban and the mandatory buybacks and all the registration and all that. I say, you know what? Let's make the purchasing process simpler. So here's what I have to offer. I would call this the Federal Universal Purchasing License. There are a few stipulations, of course, because you always have to give and take a little, but... Let me give you a little bit of the rundown of qualifications to require. 12-hour class, uh, qualifications for shooting, 15 yards with a handgun, 25 yards for a long gun. You do have to submit fingerprints and a photo ID, unfortunately. Is that to to own or to carry? Oh, this would be to purchase federally in all 50 states. And this, this license would be available to use in all 50 states, meaning you could go across state lines. Show them your driver's license. Show them this license to purchase and purchase in another state. So you want to make it exponentially more difficult for citizens to purchase guns? No. No. I want to make it easier. That, that's that's going to that's gonna cause a problem because uh, once you give the federal government that power, mm-hmm. you know, then that, what takes it, you know, what... Because you're the them. only one with access to the license. You see, all we do is we give you a driver's license. It's a shall issue. And all we do is say, okay, you have qualified, you have every right to buy a gun, we are going to scrap the NFA, everything that was under the NFA is now available to purchase with this license. But what's going to stop, stop the next administration from coming in and say, you know what, now we want to, now that we, it's all controlled federally across all 50 states, I would make sure, now you can own certain items. Because I'd make sure that all of them were under a blanket law that says they are not to be removed. I would also re, I would also... How would I put this? So we have the assault weapons ban, which is stupid and idiotic. I would redefine all semi-automatic long guns as modular semi-automatic long guns, meaning now they have their own certification, which means you cannot touch them. 
Also, because I'm scrapping the National Firearms Act, all those are now considered modular semi-automatic firearms or modular firearms. Therefore, you can't touch them. What does your libertarian brain tell you about this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand the sentiment. I appreciate where it's coming from. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Michael in that the federal government's going to abuse any power, even if you put in, you know, that these can't be modified. You know, the Second Amendment was pretty clear on no infringement, and we still have a lot of infringement. So I'm, I don't have a lot of faith in the government to hold up its end of the bargain. Mm. Well, I got you. I got you. Like I said, it's a give and take kind of. Like I said, it's not. It was something I figured would be fairly unpopular. What do you think, Zach? I think we need to get rid of gun-free zones because that's where oh, all definitely. the violence happens. Well, not only do we need to the get rid of shootings, not only do we need to get rid of gun-free zones, we need to crank down on criminals who own guns. So what we need to do is we need to say if you are current or if you are in criminal possession of a firearm, automatic life without parole. If you commit a charge already, that if you commit a crime with a firearm, such as armed robbery or assault with a deadly weapon or any other aggravated robbery where you are the aggressor, life in prison without parole. If you commit a crime where you results in the death of an individual where you use a firearm and you are committing that crime, we just have to figure out where you're going to get executed. Yeah, you're kind of harsh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way I see it is. We, uh, that separates us, the law-abiding citizens, from those criminals who want to act criminally. Therefore, we may not be able to catch we may be able to catch them from stealing the guns, but once we find them in possession of the guns, they will no longer be a threat to society. What if a felon has a gun in their home? Is that also punishable out of sight, by, out of by mind. death? Out of sight, out of mind. The minute they take that gun out of their home, that's when they're in trouble. So if you have a gun in your home and you're a felon, you better keep it at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have to get in, because there's a lot that goes into it. Like, what kind of felon are you? Are you non-violent drug offender and that's well you why see you that's the other thing i would love to make i would love to legalize marijuana and anybody who's been convicted of a marijuana charge should be pardoned i don't like weed i don't smoke it myself i don't care if you use it i think it should be legal i think it totally should be legal right, i the, think it's just a plan now the libertarians love you again <laughs> <laughs> we're back on the same page <laughs> okay now they're back at the table man so what's been going on at the capitol as far as uh voting rights and stuff like that Oh, just uh, the Republicans trying to limit your options on the ballot, as always. So there's been two different proposals put forward. HB uh, 4416 was going to increase the uh, threshold percentage to remain on the ballot, to remain retain ballot access as a as any sort of party to 10%. Right now it's at 5 which is hard enough to hit um, regardless. And we're actually, you know, there's lawsuits going on around the country about that threshold being too high. Um, so luckily, that one was actually uh, kicked down the road and postponed until March of uh, 2020 is when they're going to bring it back up to talk about it again. So it won't affect um, won't affect things anytime soon. But they're trying March to make the, 2021. Rather. They're trying to make the Libertarians and the Green Party, you know, pay to run for. That's office. the other one. Yeah. So HB 2504, which I know passed its first two votes. I think they still have to do the third reading, as I recall. I, I may be wrong on that. That's going to require non-primary party candidates to file the same fees as primary party candidates. Oh, What's the on, bill number again? 2504. And uh, is that the one that raises the threshold to 10%? No, that's a different one. So that one's not on the table anymore. That one got kicked down the road. Oh, good. But this one is basically saying, hey, there's these primary parties that use your taxpayer money to run their primary elections, so you pay for that. But the Libertarians or the Green Party who pay for that out of our pockets like that's we pay for that ourselves 
we're now expected to pay the same sort of fees as people who take your tax money to run their elections. That's probably, I don't know if it's going to make it. It's, it's out of the, uh, it, it, almost, it passed the House, so it's out of the House. Okay, so it so did go past the, the third now. reading. Okay. I'm yeah. just trying to see if there's a companion bill. There's I, I don't believe there's one. No. There's no companion bill, so it's got to go to over to the Senate now yeah. and see what the Senate does with it. Yeah, so. I mean, that's rough because it almost forces you to vote for a two-party system, which is still absolutely just idiotic. Yeah, or it would try to force us to just become a primary party, which, again, we're not at the size yet. You know, eventually one day that might be a feasible thing or the smart thing to do for libertarians. But as it stands right now, you know, we're a convention party. That's what works best for us. It's what works best for the size that we are right now. But, yeah, it would severely limit our ability to be able to run candidates. All right. Yeah. Also, uh, House Bill 2286, which is uh, decriminalization of suppressors, that passed second reading, and it's going on to the third, I believe. What, what bill number is that? Uh, House Bill 2286, which uh, um, is decriminalizing suppressors, and it is... Uh, uh, ending the state support of the federal law. Yeah, that's actually it's yeah it's actually finished at the house. It passed out of the house. Now it's on its way to the Senate. Let me see if there's a companion bill. Just be aware, folks. If it does yeah. pass, just like in Kansas, the ATF will probably not be happy and will try to come to your house and arrest you and take your suppressors that you bought through the state only. Yeah, but now it's so it has passed the house, but it has not passed the Senate. So it's got to get over to the Senate. And try to get out uh, before Sunny die, which is the day after Memorial Day. So we got yeah, one, two. Up. Yeah, we got. We're gonna have two weeks on Tuesday. As of Tuesday, it's two weeks to get all this stuff done. So anything, ah, it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, real tight. They just spend so they waste so much time in the beginning of session. Yeah, it always ends up like this. They're always cramming at the end to try to get stuff done. Yeah. All right. All right. Awesome. And- did I hear something about HB four five four, the ridiculous mental health misdemeanor? Selling, falling flat. I don't know what well, I don't know. We have to talk about that next show. As always, you know what? More guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun and wish your mother a happy Mother's <laughs> Day. You've been listening to Michael Cargill. Come and talk. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.